Welcome to the Living Parables podcast, where we uncover spiritual truth and lessons God has given us through his word and through our own life stories. I am Nate, your host. To all the listeners tuning into the show, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I appreciate all of you. And now, let us begin. Well, I'd like to welcome you to a brand new week, brand new episode. I hope it's treating you well so far. I wanted to start off by saying that I want to bring some clarification to the direction of this podcast, where we're going, kind of the vision of it. Um, first off, we're not a flashy podcast. We don't have the song sound effects and loudness that is prevalent in the world today. But, you know, we're, we're devoted to God's truth, biblical truth, devoted to Jesus Christ. And, you know, we're here also to use life stories to illustrate biblical truth that can be found in the things we go through. We have deeper meaning. We're here for the unbeliever. We are here for the discipleship of new Christians, which is so important. And the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 18 through 20 talks about going out and making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe or obey all that I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And we are also here for the veteran Christians, the people who've been faithful to Christ for a long, long time. And I want to read 2 Peter 1, 12 through 13, says this, Therefore, I will always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them and have been established in the truth which is present with you, I consider it right as long as I am in this earthly dwelling to stir you up by way of reminder. So for the veteran Christians, so-called, whatever you want to call them, but the Christians that have been faithful for a long time, this, these are reminders for you. Maybe you start the fire back up again. But on the Living Parables podcast, we believe that the Bible is the inerrant word of God. We believe that Jesus is Christ, the Son of the living God, who died, buried, and was resurrected from the dead, which is the gospel, which we're going to talk about that. So that's, in essence, a quick reminder of what we here at Living Parables are all about. Now that we brought some clarification as to what our podcast is all about, refocusing our vision a little bit, I want to take this time now just to focus on the main topic of today, and that is a walk through the gospel. Now, I was fortunate in being taught what the gospel was when I was very young, and I'm extremely grateful for that. As I grew up in the faith, I heard that question being asked many, many times, what is the gospel? Bible teachers, Bible leaders, church leaders, you name it, had no idea what it was. And to be honest, it was a little bit shocking. And I know it comes off as maybe a little bit arrogant. It comes off as a little bit supremist. And that's not, and that's not what we're talking about here. But the gospel, when Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians 15, he says it's of first importance. Should be pretty important. So, with that being said, let's go ahead and look at what the gospel definition is. 
Well, first off, before we get to the scripture of it, the gospel means good news. It's good news. It's exciting news. It's wonderful news. It's joyous news. So what is the good news? Well, we're going to find out. The gospel definition is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. Go ahead and get there now. If you don't know where that's at, the, four, the first four books of the New Testament are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're called the Gospels. Go to John, last of the Gospels. Just go a few books over and you'll find it. This is what it says, starting in verse 1. Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, in which also you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believe in vain. This is the gospel definition right here, folks. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. Key word here, guys, received. He did not make this up. He was given this revelation by the Holy Spirit. Here we go. That Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. There you go. That's the definition of the Gospel. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And today, we're going to break down each of those, and then I'll let you go. Now, I have to also say that the Holy Spirit is the mover and shaker. He is the Spirit of Jesus Christ. He is God's Spirit. And the power of the Holy Spirit helps you be regenerated and helps you walk in the newness of life, which we're going to find out a little bit later. But a piece of scripture I want to read to you that I just recently read again and got me super excited about is found in 2 Corinthians 5.17. 2 Corinthians 5.17, just the next book over. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, the new has come. In Titus 3, 5, says this, He saved us, not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to His mercy, by the washing and regeneration and the renewing by the Holy Spirit. Verse 6 says, Whom He poured out upon us richly through Christ Jesus our Savior. Verse 7 says, So that being justified by His grace, we be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. That is amazing, powerful stuff. When we choose Jesus Christ, we have to be renewed and regenerated by the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we like to think that we can do that ourselves, and we cannot. We just can't, people. All right. No more rambling. <laughs> I get excited about this Jesus stuff. I tell you, man, it's, this is awesome stuff. I get I get so excited about God. Uh, sometimes it comes back to bite me because I I get a little too excited and I don't stay on track. <laughs> All right, 
So we're going to start with breaking down the gospel. Now, we know, we just read in 1 Corinthians that it's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is a given. However, we cannot discredit Jesus' life. We first need to understand that he lived a perfect life. In 1 Peter 2.22, it says this, Who committed no sin, talking about Jesus here, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. Because, let me tell you something, people. If Jesus sinned just once, if he had one sinful thought, everything falls apart. This gospel we talk about, it falls apart. If he sinned at all, just once, he is not God. His sacrifice on the cross meant nothing, and we are still in our sins, awaiting the wrath of God. Jesus definitely wouldn't have resurrected from the dead, because guess what? He can only do that. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, can only do that. But if he did sin, he is not God. The importance of Jesus living a perfect life is because in Romans, what we just read about, talks about the wages of sin is death. That's found in Romans 6.23. Jesus had no penalty of sin to pay for. That's huge. So he then substituted our penalty to be his. In other words, all the sins that I ever would commit, all the sins I committed today, in the future, he took those upon himself. He paid that penalty for me. Because what? The wages of sin is death. And I have to read this piece of scripture to you because I tell you what, this piece of scripture here found in 2 Corinthians 5.21 is such an eye-opener. So if right now I need you to, to open your spiritual eyes, open up your spiritual ears, and hear, not me, hear what God's saying to us. 2 Corinthians 5.21, this is what it says. He made him, talk about Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Wow. Whoa. So basically what he did, this divine substitution is so full of grace because God looks upon our lives as though it were Jesus's life. What? And in turn, he looks upon Jesus as, he's, as he lived our lives. I have no words. It's amazing. It's so full of grace and love. I can't even, I can't even express it right now. God treats Jesus like he lived our lives. Boy, that's not fair. And taking that a step farther, he looks at us as though it were Jesus' life. Perfect. Holy. That's just unbelievable. So that's Jesus' life. His perfect life. That's, that's so critical. Now we're going to talk about Jesus' death and burial. I kind of put these two together. Because the scriptures that I have set before us, they kind of tie them both together. But the Old and New Testament are packed full of scriptures about Jesus' death. And we could be here all night, but I don't want to keep it that long. But the question that still remains today is, did Jesus really die on the cross? Did he somehow survive on the cross? 
Well, we in fact believe that Jesus did die on the cross. In John chapter 19, verse 34, says that one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear and immediately blood and water came out. This is significant because upon death, fluids start to separate and create layers. When the soldiers pierced Jesus' side, the blood and water came out separately, which proved that he did, in fact, die. Later in John 19, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pontius Pilate for the body of Jesus so they could bury him. This is significant as well because Pontius Pilate was the authority, and he must have had full confidence that Jesus was dead in order to release the body to him. And lastly, wrapping up the first two pieces of the gospel, the death and burial, is found in Matthew chapter 27, verses 65 and 66. And in short, it says that Pilate ordered guards to secure the tomb, and they set a seal upon it, and they were to guard it. So all this here, we now know that Jesus did in fact die. Because what? The spear pierced his side, blood and water came out separately. That is a medical fact that he did, in fact, die. We know that Pontius Pilate had confidence that Jesus was dead, so thus he gave his body up to be buried. And not only did that, he sent guards with them to secure the tomb, and they set a seal upon it. So those are the first two pieces, the death and burial of Jesus. That's the first two pieces of the gospel. Now, probably the most controversial subject is the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and that is number three, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus did proclaim and predict that he would suffer and die after three days rise again many times. Specifically, found in Matthew chapter 16, verse 21, and Mark chapter 8, verse 31. Now, if you recall, the women who went to the tomb after, after three days, and they saw the stone was rolled away. And it was proclaimed to them by angels that Jesus wasn't there, that he had risen. He has risen indeed. You can find this in all four gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And another thing that's very interesting, found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 5 and 6, this is what it says. And at that, he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, after that, he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time, most of whom remain until now, but some have fallen asleep. And then he appeared to James and then to all the apostles. That is pretty significant. So Jesus didn't just show up after he resurrected to just his disciples. He showed, he, he showed himself to over 500 people. That's pretty awesome. Now, I want to talk a little bit more about Jesus and the resurrection because th this is very significant. In John chapter 11, verse 25. Or now, before we really get into this, Jesus said to Martha, 
who was the sister of Lazarus, who had just passed away, he said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. And he asked her, do you believe this? And I would ask you, do you believe this? Now, Jesus is saying here that he is all that is life and is the resurrection. A little side note here. Remember that after, G after Jesus came back to Bethany, after Lazarus died, and he was talking to Martha, she believed that the resurrection was going to take place on the last day, but she didn't fully realize who she was really talking to. And she was talking to the resurrection. Jesus is our hope of resurrection because he is the resurrection. Now, if we believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, we fully believe in him. Again, we fully believe in him. We are given the Holy Spirit. And this is significant because in Romans chapter 8, verse 11, it says, But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. That is amazing. And I, I think it's amazing how Scripture just connects. Because if we have the Holy Spirit in us, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will raise our mortal bodies. He'll give us life through it. That's amazing. Now, there is no sting in death anymore. Talks about that in 1 Corinthians 15 later on. And through Christ, we have victory over death because Jesus conquered it all. I know this was a lot of information here today. But if there ever was a doubt in your mind about what the gospel is, now you know that Jesus lived a perfect life, that he died, that he was buried, and that he rose from the dead. Now, as we wrap up for today, I'm going to leave you with one final thought, and then we will get to our word of encouragement for the day. I'd like you to turn with me to the book of Romans, chapter 6, verses 3 through 6. This is what it says. Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death. So that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. This is significant. Because when we choose Jesus Christ as our Savior, as our Lord and Savior, when we do that, we live out the gospel in our own lives. The same gospel that we're, we just spoke about. So when we choose Jesus Christ, when we fully believe in Him, we die to ourselves. That's very hard. 
We are buried with Christ and we are raised to walk in newness of life. We cannot live this new way alone. That newness of life, we can't do the things of the Spirit alone. We can only do those things through the Holy Spirit that Jesus promises us and He freely gives us. So, we live out the gospel in our lives when we choose Him. It's awesome. Now, I want to leave you with a word of encouragement for today. It is found in 1 Thessalonians 4.17. 1 Thessalonians 4.17. If you need help getting there, Thessalonians is pretty close to the end of the New Testament. Again, I'm getting there myself. Bonus points to you if you can beat me there. Okay. This is what it says. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. Verse 18 says, Therefore comfort one another with these words. One day, someday soon, we are going to meet the Lord in the air. Those of us that have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us, those of us that are fully believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, that He is our Lord, He's our Master, He's our Savior, we are going to be caught up in the air with Him. A lot of people call it the rapture. The rapture is not in the Bible, but I believe it's called the harvest. And we're going to be snatched up in the air one day. We're going to meet him in the air one day. And what a glorious day that is going to be. All the pain, all the hardships, all the trials that we go through, it's all going to be worth it one day. I know a lot of you are going through a lot of health issues. Uh, maybe some psychological issues, maybe some emotional distress. Maybe you have a spirit of you wanting to belong somewhere, or maybe you're lonely. Jesus fills all the voids that I just talked about. He fills every single void to the full. As a matter of fact, he goes above and beyond. He 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 overflows that. And that is something that the world cannot offer you. So I would encourage you now, if you have not made a decision to follow the Lord, I pray that you would make that decision today. If you are a new Christian, I pray that you still remain hungry for the Word, that you don't get discouraged when you hear or read something that you don't understand. Feel free to write in to the show. At Living Parables truth at gmail.com so thank you again for joining me today i pray that the lord blesses and keeps you and gives you peace and until we meet again my friends god bless you